Hello beautiful souls, it's Valerie, your guide on this transformative journey where a unique prism of life unfolds in full spectrum. And today we have a beautiful person that come to join us to share her wisdom. Hello Laura. Hi Valerie, it's great to be on your podcast. Thank you for joining me on this uh, journey and I would like to ask so where do you feel today and how did you come to this place? What was your journey behind that? I think my journey looking back was one of not fitting in. Um, interestingly, there's some people that are born into their situation that just have an ability to be feel part of. I had a family a fabulous family, a good childhood and all of that, but there were great challenges in it as well. But there was all, always a feeling that I was in the wrong place and my awareness was different to other people. Um, I grew up in South Africa and I was very aware of apartheid, um, which made it uncomfortable because as a white um, child in the, well, I was born in the late 50s, um 60s 70s you were supposed to be colorblind you were supposed to be just privileged and get on with your life and take advantage of it and i didn't um eventually through quite a long convoluted journey i decided that i couldn't live in south africa because i felt i was tolerating um and really um taking advantage of a, of a situation like apartheid without being able to do anything about it. So I um, connived, <laughs> got a job overseas, um, landed up working in America and then coming across to Australia to set up a computer business over here for an, a multinational, um, looking after New Zealand, Australia, Southeast Asia. Um, so it was far away from my roots, but it was in the computer industry um and met and married a person over here and my life's been in australia ever since the best thing that ever happened i didn't expect to land here i thought i was coming here for a year um but each time there's been a big challenge like that it's almost like i've had to turn um 90 degrees where i thought i was going straight on and then suddenly something conspires to say no -uh -uh, that isn't the direction you're going you're going in another direction and I've learned over time, even though it's hard to take those 90 degree turns, to embrace them, always to find, uh, sit with them for a while and to find what the reason is for those turns. Um, I had an am amazing career in the computer industry. Um, and then uh, probably towards a lot of the time I was still feeling this this discomfort of saying, yes, I'm in the industry and I'm creating amazing things and companies buying and selling companies and all sorts of things. But there was a missing part. And I had started a spiritual journey probably when I was very young, but then put it on hold until I was in my 20s. And in my 20s, parallel but separately from my career and my family, I discovered my psychic ability and my spirituality um, but i always kept them very separate um, but i did use the wisdom that i was getting it from live to live my life and then running one of the companies that i ran i realized that people were the most important asset i have both the customers and the and the um, people that were working for me 
So I took a sideways step again and studied counselling um, to bring it back into to my skill basket of running people. And I think that was a significant move. Um, along the way as well, to keep myself stay, uh, sane, I'd been playing in art. I'd been just doodling around and, I don't know, doing things like uh, painting on porcelain or drawing or whatever came my way. I've always been quite creative, but not, I didn't think artistic. And then when I finally sold one of the companies that I was running after, yeah, really almost hitting the wall in terms of that was another left turn as it were. Um, I found myself without a company to run and some time on my hands. So I decided to go back to retrain and I was now in my fifties um, as an art therapist, because it was bringing my creativity together with that counseling and that wisdom thing. And I suddenly blossomed. It was just unbelievable. It did bring up all the issues that I'd been bearing and all the separateness that I'd lived in where I had my career on one hand and my spirituality on another, my family on another. It had to coalesce all of those and I started to have to integrate. And I think that probably was the process that I'm most encouraging people to do is to not live with multiple facets of their diamond that they are themselves, but to start realizing that the whole of them is who they are um, and try and bring all aspects together and live in a, in a whole way. Um, and that's a lifelong challenge for some people, particularly if you've been good in one area, because it's very easy just to stay in that area and neglect other areas of your life. So yes, it brings me to having trained as an art therapist, run a uh, thriving practice. I'm now working mostly with therapists doing supervision. Um, my healing and, and spiritual journey has continued. I'm, um, I'm living life. Running a business and you had, you had an understanding that business is all about people and their relationship. And that's how you started doing counseling to find a connection with people and uh, understand them so they perform better. So what was the reason to do the counseling while you were working? Um, or was it an intuitive path? That, that was, that's a really good, a good uh, question. I actually had a company that we had quite significant problems in that we had a mutiny. Um, I was running it from a board level at that stage. And we had um, a set of uh, managers that were going to go into business in opposition to us. And that shocked me because I trusted them and I, I had basically given, it was my company, but I'd given them the total authority. I was only on board level and I had to step back into the company, fire the people that, that had started this mutiny and then regather the, the company. Um, and I hadn't realized until then just how important those personal relationships are with people um, that work for you. And I had to stabilize a very unstable company um, and bring it back into to line to get it back on track. Um, so it probably was from um, a place of fear, but also shock. Um, and then when I started actually listening to people and listening to their stories and interacting them, not as employees, but as, as people, I realized that that is actually the key to being a leader. 
It's not how you direct them. It's how you listen to them. And, and I had to learn listening skills. I, ha I had to learn to stay with things that were uncomfortable when they told me things. Um, and I had to, I had to listen to the answers that I didn't want to hear. So a lot of that was, again, um, a, a personal journey for me. I'd been a leader, I'd been successful, but I hadn't been in this powerless position of hearing what I didn't want to hear and then having to work with that. And by doing that work with people, so doing the counseling with people who you employ um, and understanding their personal journey, where they are, uh, how did it lead you to work with people at the moment? How did that transition of from being a leader to being a listener? Um, I suppose I should go back one more step. When I was studying, I studied computers and psychology. Um, I'd always been interested in psychology, probably from my childhood, because I had some very complex relationships in my childhood. And I had a lot of complex things that were going on around me. And I wanted to know um, more about why people reacted to the way they did. So I had that interest in psychology in the beginning but I had always only used it for my benefit to understand. Once I started interacting with people and beginning to listen, I realized that some of that was, um, well, I realized it could help actually. I, I realized it could make a difference to a person and it wasn't just the listening, but it was sometimes the questioning and the, and the preparing to have courageous conversations with them of saying to someone that that is, you know, um, in a in a difficult position, well, let's really talk about what the pain is. Let's really talk about, um, I'm prepared to sit with you in that place. And those, I think that's also something that's been a theme through my life is that I am prepared to sit with someone. I sat through my father's death. I sat through my mother's death. I sat through my stepfather's death. And recently, more recently, two years ago, my husband's. And I think that capacity to sit through and to be with someone in powerlessness gives you a humility, but it also gives you an understanding just what the human condition is. This is very, uh, very uh, deep conversation that thank you for sharing. But if you go to those feelings where you had to listen and step out of that societal norms and going deep into the conversation that lies beyond their personal uh, what's happening with them and have no fear to ask the question that were on the surface and then turning it into the healing path just to facilitate their uh, life for the moment that you are there for them and then going into your father's death and mother's death and holding the space for them to go out of this world. Um, so you're saying that you always had that capacity inside you and you felt that it's a strength that you hold and it's not always people that are there for you in that moment that you mentioned that you lost trust while you were in a highly uh, regarded positions at work and you found that you people can trust you 
Yeah, that's an interesting observation that actually it was for me to find that I'd lost their trust in running the company, um, that they were prepared to follow someone else, that I had to look at that issue of trust. Um, and maybe also because I, I always appeared as if I didn't need other people. I didn't need people to to um, support me. I was always that sort of the person at the top. Um, I needed to learn to be humble. I needed to learn to be in touch with my own vulnerability. And, and so I suppose life um, provided quite a few opportunities, whether it was losing a company or whether it was losing a, um, a, a loved one. There was loss and powerlessness of not being able to do something that was probably the most challenging, but also the most, um, the best place to learn about yourself. And and I, I, I learned about others, I learned about myself through others as well. So when you talk about that powerlessness and the feeling that the, there's no one to trust and that you are the only one who can support you, by giving space and hold the space for people to be in that position you allow yourself to be vulnerable as well yes yes yeah and that's a, a big strength that you hold and i think the the certainly my journey into spirituality into um a connection with the universe um also brought me the awareness of how everything is actually interconnected how there's, there's multiple levels of connection that maybe on an everyday life don't look like they're there. But as soon as you settle down and you come down to the next level, it's our commonality that we have rather than our differences in which we can support each other, in which we can get support. Um, and it's not, I, I celebrate differences, but often it's our commonality, our interconnectedness, our, our similar, 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 don't know what that word is, similarities that similarities. Yeah, allow us to sit with each other. Um, so often when I look at the, at the dramas and traumas and, and things that have found hard in my life, it's those that have created my capacity to sit with someone and to have the wisdom to help guide them through something yes and then moving into the art therapy so you found that pleasure of creating and being creative and then holding that space for others and that's connecting to your spiritual journey so if you would uh think of your spiritual path from going you know uh a above your professional. So it was your spiritual path and getting to where you are today and going through those transitions and leveling up. So how would you des describe your spiritual journey? Born into a family that had a grandmother who was a numerologist and psychic and a grandfather who was very spiritual. And I significantly make those two different. Um, I had people that believed in homeopathy. Um, so there were quite a lot of alternative things, cracks in the, in the social norm for me to explore, um, which normalized quite a lot. 
but it also put quite a lot of pressure on it because I didn't realize what my capacity was because I was in an environment where a lot of people had capacity. And it was only after I left um, South Africa and I came to Australia that I started exploring truly my capacity rather than relying on others. Um, and yes, there was deep nights of the soul. There was a, there was a, a few teachers. Um, I learned how to do hands-on healing. There were um, people that had great influence on me. I taught that for a while. Um, I learned all about energy and vibrational healing, um, that uh, psychic readings and, and that sort of thing. Um, and then for a while it went underground while it integrated. And I thought I'd actually lost the path. Um, until, well, quite a lot later when I realized that it had actually become part of who I am. So all that learning was no longer something I knew, it was something that I was. And I think that's a very important transition for people that are on a spiritual journey, that they seek for as long as they need to, but then sit for a, a while and allow things to integrate, allow themselves to become what is who they really are. Um, following gurus and following people and, and being devotees is, is all very well, but it needs to become personal. And that's the, the sort of alchemical change that happens in you. Um, when you suddenly realize that you don't need to be, uh, you can have a discipline like meditating, but you don't need to be following someone. You don't need to be learning and continuing to grow. You start to trust your own intuition and your own sense of what's right. And I think the hardest thing in that um, period was learning to be patient. Um, that when, when you're on a journey, it's all exciting. Everything's happening and you're learning new things and you're developing and you can see what's happening. The patience that's necessary when you're integrating and when you're becoming whole is a little bit more invisible. Um, and, and that's the part, maybe it's called maturity but that's the part that is also a necessary component of, of holding some clients when they want that buzz of moving and changing and, and getting out of whatever it is, where if you, you've got to say, let's just, let's just incubate for a moment. Let's just let this pregnancy take its place and let's let the baby be born in its time. So by uh, integrating and holding that inner knowing and allowing it to happen in your life, you transition to the next step of being who you really are. As you said, like the diamond. So yeah. to be that one, to be that whole without showing all the sides. Yeah. And and that's, that's such a powerful message. Um, that I find that everyone's on the journey uh, and they don't usually sit down and think of that. And while you have someone like you holding that space to go through that process. And if you go into your practice currently, what you're doing and what's happening in society, what's your perspective on the human nature that always runs and tries to achieve and do something. And with all that, as we discussed, so many things are changing constantly at the moment. 
how do you see society is evolving or does it evolve? I, I think we're in a very special time at the moment. I think we are actually at a pivotal point in consciousness and in the Earth's consciousness where things are going faster, things are speeding up. There's a, there's a disintegration of the old paradigm um, that is happening. And although I've just been talking about being patient and let things incubate and, and um, wait for the change to internalize, I think at the moment we've been an offered um, a birth <laughs> and, it's, and it's moving pretty fast. <laughs> Um, I think this is the time when you really have to jump in and, and embrace the changes. I th um, for me, the collective consciousness is shifting at a, at a dramatic speed. It's not a matter of if you, for example, if you go to a therapist or if you go to me as a therapist and you say, oh, I've got this problem and that problem, I might not even go back into your past. I might work in your immediate past rather than take on your whole past. Because I know at the moment we're working in quantum time. We're working in a, in, in a place where things can shift really, really fast. In the 80s and 90s, we would have had to go down that whole journey, the linear journey of unpicking and unplugging and all of that. If I can get you in now to say, all right, we'll, we'll take an example from this week or last week or the last relationship, we'll work on that, you get the point, you're prepared to let it go or shift it or move it, click, and you can be in a different place. And that shift can hold with one proviso that you don't feed the old energy again. One of our um, collective habits is to be comfortable in our old programming. And so although you can shift very fast, you've also got to be take responsibility and be aware that you stay in the new shift that it is up to you to actually stay with this new perspective, stay with this new clarity, um, the, the space that has been created after you let go of whatever was holding you back. And it's very habitual for us to go and feed the old energy and guess what, we'll recreate it. Because we are in this place of creation, we are creating constantly and very consciously. So whatever you create, um, well, whatever you create is is going to happen. So what you're saying that in in current times that the energy is different and uh, you can feel more how people are creating their reality because it's easier to make a shift in quantum and everything's going faster. And if you creating your old patterns and you feed them, then you stay in that old paradigm of the old world and by creating the new world for yourself you're creating it yourself yes and and i think one of the the easy ways to explain that is to monitor what your vibrational level is M monitor what your thoughts are monitor you know, if you, for example, if you sit down and listen to the news and you get dragged down into all the low energy of hate and violence and fighting and everything, that is feeding the old energy. Whereas if you bring yourself back and say, okay, I know what's happening in Israel and Ukraine, and I'm very sympathetic and empathetic, but right now I've got to stay in the position where I'm sending a higher vibration out to the collective consciousness to open the field of possibilities 
that we can live differently. I have to believe in it. I have to live that we can live differently. Um, and that's creating your own world, yes. basically by projecting that positive thinking and seeing the future in a better way, uh, vibrating in a different frequency, you create the future that we all want to see rather than going into that pain and fear. Yes. And I think what's also very evident to me is the difference that we have now is we are learning to start, we're starting to learn to collaborate. Um, we're living in a global world. Like you and I come from very different backgrounds. We happen to both be in Australia at the moment, but you could easily, just as easily still be in Ukraine or South America, but we've got something that's connected us. So we create from that space. Um, it, it's beyond the linear world of traveling to see someone or to meet up with them. We have this potential for instant communication and instant connection. And between the two of us, we can send out something into the world that's meaningful. I mean, how fabulous is that? Yep. And, and that's very much the, the energetic. It is when you speak to, um, when you speak to a lot of people, they will still call it an energetic signature so you're creating an energy but i think it's a resonance i think it's a finding people um, person that resonates with you at the same vibrational level and helping amplify that um so that if yeah, you i can actually visualize it yeah as you're saying i can visualize how the vibration becomes stronger by resonating together or several people or a community in the yeah. same vibe and it, and it allows you to be stay in that new pattern and that new programming more easily because it builds your capacity when you resonate with other people at that level. So maybe the next time you step up to another level, you, you, or you make a bigger um, energetic signature the next time that you um, create in the world with people. And by going into what you actually see as a, humanity like your perspective on societal uh awareness of what's happening i i think it's really interesting because um on a on when you talk about social media and the interaction with social media instead of real interactions with real people i think that can be very destructive i think it can be very isolating um, and it allows you to live as a voyageur instead of a person. Um, I spent years working with children on the autism spectrum as an art therapist. And one of the things we were obliged to do um, as part of our curriculum was introduce computers to them. And we discovered that we had to put it, the computer usage had to be 15 or 20 minutes before they had play rather than any, any other time in the thing, because we would never be able to bring them back from their, their saturation in computers without letting them get outside and burn off the energy. And even then they didn't want to go outside after computers. So they were a, a really dire example of how addictive it was and, and how it plays with your brain. However, I think it is that double-edged sword. Um, the gift is that we can use social media to help like you're doing, um, to actually put content out there that is relevant and, and, but know the impact that you're making. 
know that the impact that you, that the impact of games on a little boy that he wanted to just carry on playing is the same if not more impactful on what you're doing for people to listen to you so there's a sense of responsibility we need to know what we're putting onto social media um, but I still keep on saying we need to meet with people. We need to actually physically get out there, um, experience what a hug is, experience what eye contact is, experience what a smile is. You know, go and sit in the park and look at children playing. Um, come back to being human beings because um, that's actually soul food. Computers aren't. And, and realistically, not everybody else is able to get out or doesn't have the capacity to get out and meet people and do things like that. Um, and that's where the art comes in. I think there's, a, there's an intimacy that you can have with art if you explore art in a, in a similar way that you can have with a human being. Because what you're doing is projecting out and then seeing reality projected back to you. So it's a very intimate relationship with yourself. Um, I'm not talking. And it is physical as well. It's physical. It's also the the place that you can find delight. You can find you can find joy. You can find anger. You can find all sorts of things there. That is is a reflection of a person because it's you that's reflecting. So yes, I think you need the external world and you need the natural world. But I also do think you need creativity. Um, and I will often find myself if I'm if I'm I don't know discontent, for example, I'll go and sit in my art room and I'll start doodling, and before you know it, I'm settled down and I'm calmed down. So there's a there's a self regulation too that happens, and it certainly is a good way if somebody has been spending too much time on screen, to actually drop down into doing that before you try and sleep or drop down do that before you go to a meeting. You know, drop into that place of um, internal reflection, should I say. Um, not with any agenda. Yeah, not with an agenda. Just to say, okay, let me play with some colors or let me put some collage together or whatever. Because it, it gives you that stillness that we also need. So it sounds like you practice that for yourself, not just for your clients, regularly. Absolutely. And I'm passionate about therapists doing their own therapy too, because I've got a lot of therapists Then I now run what is called open studios for therapists, because what I was finding is that they will go and see their supervisor and they will do a certain amount of therapy themselves, but they don't actually drop into the unknowingness. I mean, they're actually, they're pretty smart people. They know, they know all the answers. They can analyze it all to, to the end of the earth and back. But when they come in and make some art with me, and these are not only art therapists, these are psychotherapists, um, various different kinds of therapists, they come in there and they're absolutely surprised at what they do. But the most important thing is that they're absolute, they, they're able to drop into that spaciousness, that timelessness. And for me, it's the biggest thing that counteracts burnout. Um, and not only therapists are burning out, people are burning out. Um, but for therapists themselves, they're not smart enough to recognize that burnout needs something unconditional to help it. And the, the art provides, the art making provides that unconditionality. No judgment, just is. Yes, and that's the beauty of uh, art therapy, which I agree. And 
coming back to your present now, so how do you see yourself? What, what would be the word, a symbol, anything comes to mind to where you are today, in what space you are for yourself? I think I'm in gratitude. Um, because what I'm realizing is all my life experience that I, at, after my husband died, I felt very uh, useless. I'd taken care of him for a number of years. He had Alzheimer's and I was very needed. I was completely needed 24 seven. And then when he died, there was this huge spaciousness that I was going, oh, my freedom at last. And then I felt, oh, this is a bit meaningless. I'm not doing anything. I'm not achieving anything. I'm not. And that has evolved into a place where I'm now grateful to have that time um, to be able to reflect, to be able to take opportunities to talk to people, to mentor people, to sponsor it, to have time with children, particularly with children, um, to help them grow and nurture them. Um, so yes, I, I realize now I'm living my best life now because I have so much experience and I have everything I need. Um, it's a matter of seeing where it's going. It's, it's like being the witness to my own journey and it feels very unstructured and it can feel very scary. <laughs> um, but I'm learning to just jump into the river and allow the flow to take me. This is a beautiful stage. I, I love to hear that, you know, you are at that place now. And I would also, um, I know that you've, you have a lot of practices that people would be interested in. If you can share how to find you or what offerings do you have at the moment for anyone who is looking for someone like you that have the same resonance as you do? I think the best thing, if you include in my, um, when you do the, the notes on the podcast, you can include my email. Um, and yes, I'd be happy to, to speak to somebody initially on email and then maybe on Zoom. Yes, I am taking clients. In Sydney, I have an open studio that is not only restricted to um, uh, therapists, but I, I really enjoy working with therapists. Um, in fact, that was a big change for me last year. I, I changed my lounge room that had always been the formal, you know, here's my mask to the world, I'm perfect. Um, I tossed out all the furniture and turned it into a studio. It's the best room in my house. It's right at the front door and it's now a mess, but it's so creative. It's lovely. Um, and that really shifted me, putting my, my creativity in the front of my life. Um, so yes, join me to do some art, whether it's on zoom or whether it's on, on in reality. Um, but even if you just need some guidance about where you are or checking in to making changes, transitioning, yep, I'm, I'm available. So I will put the email of Laura under this podcast and please reach out to her if you have any questions, um, because I found that Laura gives so much wisdom from uh, real uh, stuff that happening into in your life to that whole vision of overall what's happening in society at the moment, which is all interconnected. And I am so grateful to find Laura and 
I feel that I am resonating with you on the as you said that uh, resonance level of frequency um, that gives me hope to find more people like you and connect all of us together and collaborate in this new world. Thanks, Valerie. It is definitely. Thank you.